All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Now, let's try this again. Are you all excited now that you hear the Christmas songs? Yes. All right. Well, hopefully you got all your shopping done now. Some of you are laughing. It's like, I haven't even started, Pastor Wayne. All right. Well, hey, I just want to, again, I want to say once more, thank you again for giving generously to World Missions. Um, thanks for being a generous and missional church. Folks, we are a church who is about the mission of Jesus Christ. And as we said last week, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And job number one on our to-do list as believers is to partner with Christ in that endeavor until he returns. And so last week, I challenged all of you guys to be thinking about who the person is in your life, that one who is lost and far from God. You remember that now? Who is that one person that God has laid on your heart that needs to know Jesus? Who is your one? So you be praying about how you can be obedient in that regard. Now, today as we're starting a brand new series, as you just saw the, the promo video, called BC. It stands for Before Christmas. And so to help you connect your one person with Christ this season, there's some rave cards in the lobby with the sermon symbol on it, the, the logo, if you will. And uh, you can pick up one of those rave cards on your way out today, and you can use that as an invitational tool to invite a friend to church this season, all right? Or you can use it to invite a friend to the Christmas Eve service on December 24th. Each week during this series, we're going to look at one of the Old Testament prophets who prophesied about the coming Messiah. And then we're going to bring it into the New Testament where we see the birth of Jesus, and then we're going to apply what it means to us today in 2023. So you're all with me? All right, so let's do it. Today we're going to start by talking about peace. And we're going to start with the Old Testament prophet Micah. So if you have your Bible, you can go to Micah chapter 5. Hopefully you grabbed a program on your way in. There's an outline in there for you to fill along and come and uh, track along with me today. You can also scan that QR code with your digital device in front of you. Or if you have your Bible on your phone, Open up your Bible app to the book of Micah. So we're in chapter five. And while you're finding that today, recently my family and I, we took a road trip and we went north to the great city of Redding. Glory to God for Redding, California, if you've ever been there, right? So we went and visited my wife's grandmother, who is 99 years old this year. Praise the Lord, Ray. Praise the Lord. And so on this one visit, we're sitting there in her room, and, and I'm talking to her, and I just happen to come across the good old days for her. Now, for me, the good old days is 1995, but for her, the good old days is way back. Some of you might remember some of these days. I asked her, Grandma, what was, what was it you were doing? What was it like when Pearl Harbor was bombed in 1941 on December the 7th? And she told us about how she was at church that day and, and then how everybody after church went home and gathered around the radio to listen to the news. Now, a few of you were children back then, and you too remember that day, December 7th, 1941, when our country was attacked. And this Thursday, we will celebrate the 82nd anniversary 
of that event. A day that President Franklin Roosevelt said in Congress would live on in infamy. For those of you who do remember World War II, you remember what it was like when the war was over and the excitement that happened across the, the, the American continent that day when the war ended. In fact, in the Daily Mirror newspaper, the day after World War II ended, in 1945, the headline read, the people were so delirious with joy that they could hardly, they hardly knew what to do with themselves. They were so excited. Now, the point here is this, is that when World War II ended, Americans finally felt a sense of freedom and a sense of peace that they had not felt in almost four years. All the anxiety of war had finally ceased. Y'all remember that? I see heads nodding. And here's what's interesting about humanity, folks. Because this isn't just an American thing. This is a way that God has wired all of us. All of us desire to have peace in life. And it doesn't matter where you come from. So whether it's a conflict with another country, like we had in our wars, or if it's something here domestically, it could even be conflict in our own families, or maybe even just conflict that we have between our own ears. All of us want to experience a sense of peace. And so here we are in 2023, and let's be honest, it's a real struggle, isn't it? Life's difficult, and we all are wondering at some point, hey, are we ever going to have any kind of lasting peace? Recently, I was speaking to a friend of mine who said, the United States has been in war of some kind almost every year of its existence, except for about 25 years, of our entire country, our entire history. That's kind of crazy if you think about it. And so all you have to do is turn on the evening news or you can read the news on your phone and, you know, social media or whatever it is you do. And you can just see all the chaos and all the problems that are going on in our world. Now, we may not be fighting as the United States with a country like Japan or Germany like we did 85 years ago, but we still have a royal mess out there, don't we, church? You have Israel fighting Hamas. You have Ukraine fighting Russia. Here in America, you have kids bringing guns to school. People are getting hurt in public gatherings. Fentanyl-laced drugs are killing people in our communities. Domestic abuse is through the roof. In California alone, according to the NCADV report, there are approximately 19,159 calls every single day. That's 13 calls every minute in our state, and it accounts for 20% of the violent crime in our state of California. That's a whole lot. And so then you have families that are divided with each other. Even Christian families, with all the ungodly conflict that takes place in our homes. And I'm talking about the conflict happening within some of your homes. And then every year around Christmas time, we read scripture, we sing the songs, and we talk about how the peace of Christ will come and we will have goodwill towards men and all the stuff. And so it's kind of like, you know, when is that ever going to come? Where is it at? Is it even possible for us to even experience peace on earth? Because it's like 
Pastor Wayne, it just seems like it's a distant fairy tale. And the reason why is because we were, you know, as my mom used to say, I was born at night, but not last night, right? We weren't born last night. We know that things aren't just going to all of a sudden simmer down. They're not just going to magically be okay and everyone start to get along and sing kumbaya. It's not going to happen. But we as believers, we actually know the why behind the story. We know that this world has been broken ever since Genesis chapter 3. Sin entered the scene in that chapter, and we've been all messed up ever since. But the question really is, how do we experience true peace? And so in the Old Testament, God spoke through the prophets to the kings. And the kings of Israel all knew what the role of the prophet was. He was to be God's spokesperson. And when the prophet would say, hey, everybody, A, B, and C, and X, Y, Z, thus saith the Lord, everybody knew that that was truly the word of God. And when the prophet would speak to the king, now, believe it or not, you may find this a little bit hard to fathom, they often did not listen to the prophet. Now, imagine that. None of us would ever do such a thing, right? I mean, because we do everything that the Lord tells us to do, amen? Of course, oh, come on, church. Come on, I know, right? (laughs) So as a result, here's Israel. They don't listen to God. They don't obey. And many times what happened is problems came. And the people endured all kinds of consequences. So if you think about the history of Israel, if you go... You know, you had Saul, then you had David, then you had Solomon. Bing! Three kings, and then after that, in approximately the year 930 B.C., the country split into two kingdoms, north and south. And in 721 B.C., the northern kingdom got sacked by Assyria. And then the southern kingdom got sacked by Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar about 597 B.C. And in the middle there, in the year 700 B.C., Micah shows up on the scene to talk to the southern kingdom's king. So the prophet Micah shows up, he comes to the king of the south, and he says to the king, hey, you need to obey God, and you need to do the right thing. And God showed Micah that the wars that Judah was enduring were not gonna end anytime soon. So Micah prophesies, and he gives hope, and he tells the people of a promise of a coming Messiah. And he gave them a promise of peace. So look with me, Micah chapter five, starting in verse one. Here's what the word of God says. It says, marshal your troops, O city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, however you say that, basically means house of bread. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So let me just stop right there. So here's war. It's raging. The prophecy is given. The Jews are going to have peace at some point in the future. And the part here in the text that says whose origins are from old, from ancient times, this is referring to the reality that Christ has always existed, everybody. Maybe not in human form, but Jesus, the Son, 
in the Trinity has always existed. Okay, verse 3 now. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach out to the ends of the earth. And then here's the promise, verse 5. And he, now circle that word, he, he will be their peace. So what does this peace even look like? Well, in your outline, it's the word shalom. And if you ever travel to Israel, you're going to hear this word a lot. And it means to experience rest or tranquility or wholeness or completeness. And so this peace that is promised in the Old Testament, it's carried out in the New Testament, and we celebrate the birth of Christ this season, this shalom, this wholeness, this completeness. In other words, this is a picture, everybody, of a broken bone that's kind of being set back to correction and completion, right? This shalom is going to take the broken pieces of the world. That's us humanity and bring about this wholeness and completeness this is the peace that's offered to us through the christ through jesus and so then we look to the new testament and we go to the book that's also in your outline luke chapter 2 and we're gonna look at verse 4 here all right so luke chapter 2 verse 4 and it says this so joseph also went up from the town of nazareth and galilee to Judea, to, what's a town called, church? Bethlehem. Hey, there it is again. Bethlehem, the town of David. So there's the prophecy of Micah being fulfilled now because he belonged to the house of David. Now I want you to skip down to verse 10. So the angel said to them, the shepherds, right? Do not be afraid. I bring good news to you that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and cloths and lying in a manger. Now verse 13. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, what's it say, church? Peace to those whom his favor rests. So here's the Old Testament prophecy being carried into the New Testament. And in case you aren't familiar with biblical history, the birth of Christ happened at the exact perfect moment in time that God had planned for it to happen. And so when Jesus was born, to help me out everybody, all of the conflict on earth was completely gone and we had perfect world peace, right? Is that what happened? That is not what happened. No, what was happening in the world at the time Jesus was born? Well, there was total chaos going on. The Romans had taken over from the Greek city-states, right? Taxation and corruption was everywhere. It was a really turbulent time in history. And so as you take a step back, you can say, okay, okay, okay. So Micah prophesied about peace, this shalom, 
So our question to that is, okay, well, well, where's that at in our life today in 2023? And then, and then Jesus is supposed to bring peace to those on whom his favor rests. And it's kind of like, you know, Pastor Wayne, I'm not really experiencing much of that peace. And so why is that? Is the prophet Micah wrong? Or is there something that we're doing wrong in our life as followers of God? So let's take a look and walk through this a little bit. Number one in your outline. He, Jesus, is the peace who comforts you. This is the promise of scripture, everyone. Jesus is the peace who comforts us. And so we sit back and we wonder, okay, well, if that's true, how does this all work? Because we see chaos, we see turbulence in our life, and some of it we bring upon ourselves, and some of it, you know, others bring upon into our situations, and, and we're promised this shalom In scripture, this rest, this wholeness, this completion. And so for you and me in our life and today in 2023, we ask, well, how come we don't have this? Well, there's two kinds of peace in the world, okay? The first one is the peace that Jesus gives. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But this is the peace that we read about in scripture. Then there's the peace that the world offers us. And at times in life, when we go outside of the authority of Christ, we are by definition then reaching out to the world for the kind of peace that it offers us. And the world's idea of peace is this. Now, this may be familiar to some of us. It's when everything is finally perfect, then we'll be able to sit back, relax, enjoy a lemonade, chill by the pool and say, man, life doesn't get any better than this. And see, the problem is those moments, because that's what they are, moments, not weeks, not days, moments. When those moments happen, they only happen every once in a while. And we don't typically find ourselves experiencing very much shalom in this world that we're living in. And so the reason for that is this. Because we often gravitate to living our life in the flesh, everyone. We are relying upon our own strength and we're not relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit to guide us in life. Now, the result of that is because of our choices, we're missing out on the blessing and we don't experience the type of peace that God desires for us to have and that we read about in Scripture. So on the flip side of that, if you want to experience the peace of Christ, what we read about in Scripture, and if we want to experience the comfort, as number one says, we have to kind of change things. And so the answer to experience that is we have to begin to live out and actually do what we see in the Word of God. It's kind of like when Jesus says, don't just be a hearer of the Word, but a doer, all right? So keep that in your mind. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So stop right there. In other words, there's a cheap knockoff peace out there. It's offered by the world and it's apart from me, Christ says. And that cheap knockoff says that when all is perfect, things are going to be good. But if you know the Bible, you know that That's never going to happen on this side of heaven. Why not? 
Well, because sin showed up in Genesis chapter 3. And so this world is broken, and congregation, hear me, it will stay broken until the chaos goes away when God comes back in the second coming of Jesus. It's just going to be that way. That is when God will fix this world. Now, you just have to watch the news for 15 minutes, and you're going to see that this world's broken. And Jesus goes on to say in this verse, so do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not, what? Be afraid. Now, that's really hard to do, isn't it? That's really hard because in our flesh, we rely on ourselves. We rely on our own strengths for our comfort. And this is the mindset that we're in as humans, and it's hard to break free from, but it is possible. And so in order to get ourselves out of the former mindset and into the correct one, we have to get under the authority of Christ and get our lives aligned with him. And so in order to do that, God actually gives us some instruction in his word to help us get there. So it's in Philippians chapter 4, if you want to look at this with me, verse 6. The word says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, all of you who are experiencing chaos, you're experiencing turmoil, you're not experiencing peace. For all of you, he says, don't be anxious about anything. Take a step back, try to relax, right? Don't be anxious. Then he says, but in everything, By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So let's connect some dots here, church. Maybe you're saying in your mind here and putting it all together, hey, I'm having this lack of peace. Maybe it's anxiety or whatever in in life. And it's happening to me because I'm relying upon myself and not the Holy Spirit. And then Paul is saying here, Prayer is what brings us back into alignment with Christ. And we talked about prayer in here back in January and February of this year, right? It's in its most basic concept, prayer is God, I can't, but you can. And we know this because every time something bad happens in life and we try to fix it, we end up getting to a place that says, well, I've done everything else. All I can do now is, see, that's what happens. And so prayer is what brings us back under authority of Jesus. And in verse 7, the result is this. It says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So church, when we pray God, I can't, but you can. The promise here is we will experience the peace of God, the peace that Jesus came to bring, the kind of peace that passes all human understanding. And when your friends and when your family members are all panicking about everything that's going on in the world and they're foaming at the mouth and they're just totally tripping on all the stuff that they're seeing on the news, you're going to be like, yep. And they're going to say, well, doesn't this bother you? No. Don't you want to retaliate in some kind of way? Mm Mm-mm. 
Man, what's wrong with you? You need therapy. I don't need therapy. You need therapy. Right? I got Jesus. I'm good, brother. Thanks. Amen? So when everyone around you is flipping out, prayer. Prayer is what brings us back into alignment with Christ. And trust me, everybody, God's not up in heaven pacing back and forth and going, oh, no, I didn't think about this. Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, no, I didn't see that coming. God's not doing that. None of this stuff catches him by surprise. Our problem is we just have the internet. We know about things a whole lot faster than we used to. That's the issue. And so who do we trust in the midst of a broken world, in the midst of all the chaos and all the turmoil and all the stuff? Who do we trust? The answer, Jesus. And so when Micah prophesied about the coming Messiah, he didn't prophesy about a peace that would come and mean an absence of conflict. It was a peace that would be present in the midst of conflict. Amen? Number two in your outline. Jesus is the peace that guides you. And this one, church, is really, 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 really important because I believe that as a church, a New Testament church, and ecclesia, that we should look different than the rest of the world. So look with me at Colossians chapter 3. It's in your outline. Colossians 3.15 says this. Let the peace of Christ, and what's the word, church? Rule. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now circle that word rule, would you? Let it reign in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Now, in that verse there, the word rule, in Greek, it's pronounced brabuo. And this word means to umpire. And if you're into sports, there's always seems to be some kind of umpire or official kind of calling the shots, right? You know, that kind of stuff, right? And so what Paul is saying here is, hey, in life, there's going to be people who drive you crazy. Now, can you, you know, kind of envision who they are? Do you see who they are? You see, now don't look at them, all right? And that this peace of God, the shalom that we're reading about today, is going to call the shots. It's going to umpire. It's going to rob you on how you respond to the people who drive you crazy, not your flesh, Okay? So practically speaking then, when you have conflict with people in this world who drive you crazy, you are called to live at peace with them. You are to let the word of God guide you and let the word of God, the peace of God, call the shots. Y'all with me on that? And you could just jot this down for fun because I know you love to take notes. But in Proverbs 17 verse 14, it actually says, the word of God tells us to deal with conflict before it begins. What a great idea that is. You'll save yourself all kinds of hurt. I tell my daughter all the time, Rach, if you can think about the problem known as Z, if you can address it way back at A, you'll never get there. 
be forward thinking about these things. And she's like, oh, dad, yeah, I'm starting to get it. So when conflict shows up, since you're called to peace, Jesus says, practice restraint. I have no idea what that is. James says in chapter one, scripture tells us, be slow to get angry. And as believers, we're to seek peace whenever possible with other people. Now I know it's hard, church. Mm-hmm. You should have seen the guy who cut me off the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you know. Oh, it was hard. Because I wanted to let him know that I wasn't happy about that. And so I had to practice restraint. Oh, it was hard. Oh, I'm right there with you. I get it. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 11, they must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Now, this is a very important verse, everybody, because in other words, this verse is telling us that peace isn't just going to magically, like you remember the old butter commercials, Imperial, boing, remember that? Yeah, it's not like that at all, right? Peace isn't just going to magically appear. We have to actually pursue it. It takes choice on our behalf to to actually go after it. It means releasing the world's way of responding to conflict, which is so natural to us. And we have to choose to respond God's way that's in his word that is really difficult to do. And the Bible says that Christ is the peace that guides us. And it happens when we're in tune and we're aligned with him and we do things his way. Congregation, you with me this morning? All right, number three in your outline. Some of you weren't with me now. Does that mean we need to do jumping jacks? All right, no. Number three, he is the peace that saves you. Christmas is all about Jesus. It's about celebrating the birth of our Savior. Jesus is the peace that saves us. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we've been justified, now let me just stop right there. That word justified, what it means, if you're new to church, is this. It means being made right with God. Well, how have we been made right with God? It says right here, the very next words, through faith. And then there's a blessing, and here it is. It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So congregation, how are you doing with this shalom? Are you experiencing the type of rest, wholeness, completeness that God intends for you to have through Jesus? Through the faith, as the scripture verse reads right here, that in the midst of all the trials and chaos in your life, are you experiencing shalom? Are you in alignment with Jesus? Or have you been living outside of the authority of Christ? Have you been doing your own thing? Have you been calling the shots? And are you at a point where you're just kind of at your wit's end now? And if that's you, I've got encouragement for you. Why do that? Christmas is about Jesus. And Jesus came to be the peace that saves you. 
So why not reach out and grab a hold of him and learn what he has to say in his word about life? Why not begin to live according to the written word of God by the power of the Holy Spirit and let the peace of God rule, right, brabuo, in your life? Why not do that? In the Old Testament days, Micah prophesied about the peace of God to come. And he did this 700 years before Jesus was born on that very first Christmas day. So then Jesus comes on that day and peace, as God told us in his word, was now present with humanity. And that's why the angels in the sh- you know, had the experience with the shepherds in the fields and all the stuff. And, and then it was lived out in the days of Jesus. And then the Pentecost came and, and the early church started. And so we had the presence of peace in the life of the New Testament. And it is still with us today. Christmas is all about God sending Jesus to earth. His one and only son who was without sin to be our savior. He is the peace that saves us. Now, a lot of people don't know this. A lot of people may not understand that we as humans, we inherit our sinful nature from our biological earthly fathers. It's not passed on to us from mommy. It's Adam's seed to us. That is why, congregation, the virgin birth is so significant here. Jesus had no earthly biological father. Jesus had no sin nature. That is why he never sinned. He was impeccable. And because he never sinned, that is what makes him a worthy enough sacrifice to pay the sin debt that all of humanity, all of us, owed a righteous and holy God. That's why Christmas is so important. And in your outline, I just love what Ephesians chapter 2 says. Verse 13. Paul says, But now in Christ Jesus, You who once were far away. And we talked about that last week. All of us are born far from God because of our sin. We were once far away, but have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our, what church? Peace. Jesus is is our peace. And it's only through him that we can have right fellowship and be reconciled to a holy God. He is the peace that saves us. Congregation, there's three kinds of people in this world. The first type of person, I know, right, only three? Kind of think about that, right? There's a lot of homework to get this all put in. There's three kinds of people in this world. The first one I'm gonna call those who are sold out believers. If at some point in your story you invited Christ into your life and you are by, by the power of the Holy Spirit living under the authority of Jesus, this would be you. Your heart's desire is to obey the word of God 
the, the, to obey the, the text of Scripture in the Bible. And now you, I recognize that you're not perfect, and thank God, right, because that would make you like Jesus, and so you're not perfect. You still sin from time to time. But, but you repent of your sin when it happens, and you desire to follow Jesus above just about everything else in life. You're a sold-out believer. That's person number one. The second group of people are what I call stumblers. And stumblers are the people who have at some point accepted Christ into their life, but they're not really living in obedience to Scripture. They're kind of stumbling and tripping in their faith, right? They're not really tuned into God, and they're not living by the power of the Holy Spirit. They're kind of out there doing their own thing and calling their own shots. As a result of that, they're not experiencing the peace that we're studying today, what Micah prophesied in the Old Testament. And for them, life just seems to always be chaotic, both from external sources and what's going on inside. And so if that's you, my encouragement to you, my friend, is that you would make a choice today to get recalibrated and get back under the authority of Christ because he is the peace that comforts us, that guides us, and saves us. You will not find Hear me, church, you will not find true peace through anything that the world has to offer you. Just not going to happen. And so my prayer for you is that you would make the choice to be very serious about your faith today, moving forward into the future. Choose to pursue the Lord Jesus, his way above the world's way. That way you will get that peace that you're longing for, that peace that passes all understanding. And I'm telling you, my friend, that life will start to make sense again when you come under the authority of Christ Jesus and you obey Scripture. Third group of people are those in the world who don't have a relationship with Christ. And if that's you, maybe you're watching us online, maybe you're checking us out today, You're the person who's never, ever, ever stepped across the line of faith in Christ. You've never responded to God's call on your life. You've never opened your heart up to Jesus. And therefore, you have never experienced the peace of God in your life. Consequently, the Holy Spirit does not live in your life. And my prayer for you is that you would first recognize the reality of your situation in life today. Because the truth is, you were born with sin in your life. It was passed on to you from your earthly father, and that makes you guilty before a holy God. That is the truth. And because of your sin, you are currently separated from your heavenly father. And if you were to die today, my friend, as currently you stand, I'm telling you, Scripture says you would spend eternity in hell separated from a holy God. And I know that doesn't sound good, but it is true. And I don't want that for you. And the good news is for you is that in God's amazing love and in his patience and his mercy and his amazing grace, right? For you, God sent Jesus, born in Bethlehem, in a stable, 2,023 or so years ago, to be the, not a, the atoning sacrifice for your sin problem and mine. And that is what Christmas is all about.
And my friend, today is the day. Today is the day that God is calling you to respond. And he wants you to take a step of faith and reach out to him and come home. So that you can experience this shalom that the prophet Micah prophesied about. So that you can experience wholeness and completeness. And not not just physically in our life, but I'm telling you, spiritually in eternity where's where it really matters. Because when we put our faith in the Lord Jesus and we trust him in faith, as the scripture says, we are justified and we are now in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this month, as we, as a church, celebrate Christmas, my encouragement to all of us is that we don't get caught up in the trappings of the world. Instead, it's a time to pause, reflect, and remember what Jesus has done for us. That's why we have the Advent candles down here, to just get us to think for a second. It's a time to be grateful. It's a time to celebrate peace and hope and love because God sent his one and only son to us. And the Bible says that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and we will have the peace that we desire with God. So my prayer for all of us this Christmas is that we would experience the peace of Jesus Christ this season. Amen? I know that's what you want, congregation, and you can get it if you put your trust in Jesus. I'm gonna ask you to stand and pray with me this morning. Father, as we come before you in a time of prayer now, Lord, we just say thank you for your goodness and your grace and your life. God, you've you've made the choice to be patient with us and to provide an opportunity for us to have peace with you. And true peace this season, Lord, it's gonna come through recognizing that it's about you and it's not about us at all. Lord, some of us in this room, we've been chasing peace through the things that the world has to offer. And so God, I just pray that we would see that and we would release it and that we would come back home to you God, I pray for every person in this room who's been living outside of the authority of you and the authority of your word. God, help us right here, right now, today to make a commitment to get back under your authority, to get in alignment with your word. Forgive us of our sin, God, and when we have been disobedient to you. I lift every person in this room up to you this morning. And congregation, maybe you're here today and you're praying with us, you're watching us online and you've been, you're one of those people that have never made a step of faith in Jesus. In God's grace, he gives you a moment right now to repent and to turn to him, to recognize that Jesus came to be your savior. And so if that's you today, I just want to lead you through a a prayer. So just repeat after me in the silence of your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, 
I admit that I'm a sinner. And today I repent. I recognize that I can't be saved on my own. I need you. So through faith today, I step out and I come to you. I believe that you came, that you died, and that you rose again for me. Help me to live for you the rest of my life. And we're praying for you this morning. Lord, we trust you. We thank you for the day that you've given us. Today is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, help us to live for you this week as we walk in faith, hope, and love. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Would you look at me real quick, congregation, before we go? If you're here today and and today was a day that you for the first time in your life, decided you want to step out in faith and walk with Jesus, I want to invite you to respond to that. Jesus wants you to acknowledge faith in him publicly. So here's how I want you to do it. The first thing I want you to do, bare minimum is in in your pew, there's a connection card. I want to invite you to fill that out and check that box that says accepting Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want you to turn it into us. Bare minimum, that's what I want you to do. And you can take that card and you can put it in the box on the offering box on the wall in the lobby on your way out and and we'll be in contact with you. You might want some resources to kind of get you going. If you take your card to the connection kiosk, we'll give you some resources to get you started in your faith walk with Jesus. Best decision you've ever made is following Jesus. Amen, church? But you might have more questions. And so we've provided people today over here on my left, your right, over here in the encouragement area. We'd like to to talk with you and, and, and point you in the right direction on how to follow Jesus. These people want to give you the world's best high five. And so don't leave today without conf- you know, doing a public confession of your faith with God. Don't just get in your car and drive home. Let us know. Let us help you. Let us come alongside with you. We want to celebrate with you. I'm really glad you came today. Jesus is the reason for the season. It's not the gifts. It's not the shopping. It's the Lord. And he's brought you peace, amen. Congregation, thanks for being here today. I just wanna invite you to have a great week this week, okay? Go with the Lord. Let's go be his church. And don't forget the food drive next week, okay? Have a great week. God bless you.